Hi, this is Daniel James, and this is the podcast of Triple R's The Mission, a weekly radio show exploring the issues that impact the lives of Aboriginal people and those at the wrong end of social justice in this country. The Mission is broadcast live on Triple R each Tuesday evening. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch via the Triple R website. You're listening to The Mission. Uh, my name is Daniel James. I'm going to be your host. Uh, we just want to acknowledge the traditional owners from where I'm broadcasting to you from this evening, Triple R World Headquarters, the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and I pay my respects to their elders past and present. And I remind us all that this always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Now, as we all know by now, uh, Uncle Archie Roach passed away late last week and the news broke on uh, Saturday evening. Um, and even though I knew through the Koori grapevine that uh, he'd passed away, I think it was Thursday evening, um, it really didn't hit me until the news actually broke out into the into the real world and then you saw the wave of emotion and the wave of love for the man filter across the socials, make its way into conversations with friends and loved ones and eventually into the mainstream media. And while we always knew that he was a towering figure within our own community, the, the Aboriginal community here in Victoria, as a Gundi Jamara man, it was overwhelming to see the reaction from people across this country black, white and Brindle to his loss and to his legacy. And so the the grieving goes on, but we also remember what an amazing contribution he has made to the story of this of this land and this country. He was a quietly spoken, humble man, but every word, if you were fortunate enough to be in conversation with him, landed as with his music and his lyrics and his storytelling every word lands still lands and he meant everything he said when he started off he was singing to a void he wasn't singing to a, to an audience there was no audience for the type of storytelling he was telling when he started off as an artist and a musician and eventually that void was filled by an audience and eventually that audience was filled by love and an opportunity to learn and grow by sitting at the feet of this man and learning his story. He wasn't a voice of a generation, he was a voice for generations. And when I say that, I mean he spoke his story, he told of his hurt and his hardship, but he spoke on behalf of all those that were part of his generation and generations before him, people who could not speak for themselves, people who could not sing for themselves, people who could not contribute to the story of this country because they would not be heard. Well, he made himself heard, and people have listened to him throughout the generations, and it's an amazing contribution he's made. One of the things I always loved about Uncle Archie was, he was actually, and this sounds counterintuitive, he was actually non-performative. He wasn't a performer. He was simply using music 
as a vehicle to tell his story, and he did it in a beautiful, emotive, and passionate way. All those years he spent with uh, Aunty Ruby, travelling in the country, uh, big towns, big cities, small towns, and telling his story, and through that process, educating people, will be something that we'll never really understand the value of. Uh, he, he wasn't there to beguile you. He wasn't there with light shows. He was there just usually with his maintenance guitar and just strumming gently with his thumb and putting out the truth. I hate the term his truth because it's either the truth or not and what he performed was the truth. And we're at a crossroads in this country where we can either place First Nations people at the centre of the story of this country and recognise that it's the longest ongoing civilization that the world has ever seen in terms of humanity, or we cannot. And there are four roads to that crossroad. There's social justice, there is systemic change that is needed, and there is cultural change that is needed. And it's through that cultural change that the thread of his story and his song paved the way because there was no one like him before he was here. And the reason I chose to play A Child Was Born Here because when I think of a man like Uncle Archie, I think of the boy as well. And I think of the challenges that that boy confronted as soon as, he, as soon as he was born, by the fact that he was merely born in this country as a black man, and the fact that he was able to push through the pain, push through addiction, and have a spirit that allowed him to tell his story in the most honest way possible and give opportunity to people to learn from it and give opportunity to black artists and white artists to follow behind him and be as authentic as he was, is something that we, again, will never really know the value of. It's something that we can be thankful for that we lived while he was around because this country is changing and he's one of the people that guided us towards what will hopefully be a new alignment in this country. Uh, so it's going to be all Archie Roach songs tonight. That probably won't surprise you. Um, and in regard to the rest of the show tonight, well, have I got a bit of a tale for you. Um, had two guests line up. Um, unfortunately, our second guest, uh, Lara Watson, he was coming on as a spokesperson for the ACTU, Indigenous Officer for the ACTU. She was going to talk to us about how the new parliament provides an opportunity to increase and improve employment conditions for uh, Aboriginal people across the country. Well, the times that we are living in, uh, she's unable to make it tonight. Hopefully we can reschedule that conversation with her later on. And the first guest, which you'll hear about shortly after um, From Paradise by Uncle Archie Roach, is uh, Linda Burney, MP, the Minister for Indigenous Australians. We had a pre-recorded chat about an hour and a bit ago, and it was going swimmingly, beautifully. I thought, right, beautiful. 
I'm going to be in with a conversation here for at least half an hour. I'm going to be able to fill up half the show with a conversation with the minister, and it's going to be fantastic. But as you will hear, my dear friends, you will uh, learn that um, when it's a sitting week of Parliament and the bell rings for a vote in the House of Representatives, well, the minister has to drop everything and go to that meeting. But we've still got about a good 11 and a half minutes worth of our conversation in which we talk about Garma, Uncle Archie Roach, uh, the voice, the Uluru statement, and um, well, maybe one or two other things. I can't remember. It was so long ago now. Triple R. I had a couple of um, texts uh, come through. Um, let me read this one out. Archie with Paul Kroboski at... Monash University, May 26, 2019. Bored through the whole performance knowing this day would come. What a treasure. Ultimate teacher of truth. Very well said. Um, I have cried tears of gratitude, says another texter. Sadness and joy all week. I learned so much from Uncle Archie about love, power, wisdom, compassion, and so much more. His legacy will live forever. It's up to us to honour it. And that's from a white fella from Wadaron Country. Jan Jack, to be specific. And that one's too long to read out without vetting first, so I might come back to that one. Um, now, to our first and only guest this evening. This was a pre-recorded conversation I had a couple of hours ago. Uh, let me do an introduction of it before I play it. Now, the Albanese government has committed to taking the question as to whether... There should be an Indigenous voice enshrined in the Constitution as outlined in the Uluru Statement from the Heart. The Prime Minister on the weekend announced that it was his intention to take it to a referendum. And the person that is going to be chiefly responsible for advocating, negotiating and making sure we get to what will hopefully be a positive outcome around the voice to Parliament is Linda Burnie, MP, the Minister for Indigenous Australians. She was elected as a federal member for the seat of Barton in 2016, following a 13-year career in the New South Wales Parliament as the member for Canterbury. During her state political career, she served as Minister in a number of senior portfolios, including the Minister for Community Services and later as Deputy Leader of the Opposition. She is a proud member of the Wiradjuri Nation, and was the first Aboriginal person to actually be elected to the New South Wales Parliament. And is the first woman to serve, Aboriginal woman I should add, to serve in the Australian House of Representatives. Well, she is now, like I said, the Minister for Indigenous Australians. I had a conversation with her earlier. Um, wait for the end, it's fantastic. It's an absolute stopper. But um, hopefully we'll get her back on the show to talk about a whole range of other things because we only got through basically a third of what I wanted to talk to. But for the next 11 minutes and 18 seconds, sit back and enjoy the conversation with Linda Burney. Linda Burney, Minister for Indigenous Australians, welcome to the mission. <laughs> Hello, how are you? Very, very, very good. Thank you for your time. I know you are extremely busy and you have been um, extremely busy. Let's um, start off with um, some sorry business first. Um, mm. We're all reeling from the loss of uh, Uncle Archie Roach over the uh, weekend. I was just wondering if you had any reflections on the man and his music? 
Oh, absolutely. Um, the federal parliament uh, did a condolence motion uh, yesterday in which I spoke and for uh, someone that is not or has not been a member of parliament uh, to um, have a condolence motion in, in the parliament is enormously um, significant and a great honour. But someone with the stature um, that Archie Roach has, uh, it was absolutely appropriate. I was up in Gama at the festival on Saturday night when the news came through and there was just a ripple through the festival and people uh, really affected by the news and um, our thoughts and love go out to his family and to... Uh, the community down your way, and um, he was a great, great man. Uh, you can't think of Archie without Ruby, of course. Of course, yeah. Uh, a, a storyteller, a truth teller, and um, an incredible, incredibly talented person who really brought the horrors of the stolen generation through. Uh, that most famous song took the children away. Yeah, I think um, one of the things that um, has been particularly moving in, in the wake of his death is he's always been, you know, incredibly important to, to us as First Nations people. But seeing, mm. seeing the outpouring of grief and emotion across the broader community has been really, even though it's, it's heartbreaking to, to, to lose someone like that, it's also been gratifying to know the scale of the impact he's had on, on, on the broader community. Oh, absolutely. I'll give you an example. I was uh, going home last night and we had um, a Commonwealth car driver and uh, I was in the car and I was with the driver who was playing um, Archie Roach and he's a white guy from Canberra and just... Uh, was absolutely um, uh, absolutely sad and um, listening to Archie's music. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's 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 manifesting itself in all sorts of different ways. Now, you said you were up in Gama. It looked like, um, despite the bad news um, of Uncle Archie's passing, it looked like it was a magnificent time to be uh, had up there <laughs> and a momentous occasion. Um, what were some of, besides the obvious, what what, what was some of um, your your key takeaways from your time up there? Oh well, there were lots of takeaways. Um, what was remarkable, of course, was the response to uh, Anthony Albanese, the Prime Minister's speech about uh, a referendum and a voice to the Parliament, um, and. You know, to get a standing ovation was just um, spoke volumes. And it's a, it's a tough crowd, and isn't it? it <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's a mixed crowd. Um, yeah. And, of course, the other thing is that um, the new, new, very new uh, U.S. ambassador, Carolyn Kennedy, was there, and uh, for her and her husband to be there within a week of coming to Australia, and they, they just got so much out of it. They learned so much, and that's 
that's a good thing. Yeah, I think if you uh, want if you want an indoctrination as to you know what's at the heart of this country, going to Gama is the best yeah. indoctrination you could possibly get. Uh, of course, the the Bungal ground was uh, extraordinary, but the other thing that was really wonderful was the opening ceremony. And prior to the opening ceremony, uh, the Prime Minister and the men from our delegation uh, met with some senior leaders. And at the opening ceremony, um, the Prime Minister was presented with a ceremonial yudaki, something I... It was the most beautiful object. Yeah, I saw it. Amazing. And and that was just amazing. And... um, those dancers, man, they must be fit. <laughs> <laughs> when you see them, when you see them close up like that, and um, the 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 moves and the stamina, and um, uh, just the uh, the uh, I guess yeah, the stamina and the the acrobatics well, yes, in some well, instances. They're dancing corrals in in sand. I mean, you know, most of us walk across the beach, and we're down. <laughs> these, these amazing young men were. Literally dancing for hours in sand and kicking up the dirt, and it was just something else. Yeah, it's um, an amazing festival, and if anyone has the chance to to go up to it um, in the future, I'd thoroughly recommend it. I haven't been myself, but I hope to get there at some point. Now, uh, Minister, let's talk about some of the the nitty-gritty around the proposal um, that is going to be taken to uh, a referendum. Um, There's three key points that lead to the question and those points are there shall be a First Nations voice two, the First Nations voice shall present its views to Parliament and the Executive on matters relating to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples and three the Parliament shall subject to this constitution have the power to make with respect to the composition, functions, powers and procedures of the First Nations voice and the question to the Australian people will be do you approve an alteration to the constitution that establishes a First Nations voice? That's a very simple, plain question. Um, it's something that people can have a fair bit of time to, to mull over and think about. How confident are you that we can be successful with this rec- um, referendum? Look, there is enormous goodwill uh, across the community and with sectors of the community like, you know, the Business Council of Australia, uh, the, some of the big resource companies, uh, some of the big banks, uh, the faith community, and in the broader community, the education community, for example. Yep. Uh, there is enormous good faith, but we are not so naive to think that there won't be scare campaigns. I think we're already seeing attempts at that. And there won't be people that will uh, that will have a desire to spoil. Uh, but the Labor Party or the government, I should say, is very determined about the implementation of the Uluru Statement. We've been saying this for many years, so it should not be a surprise. Uh, the issue, though, is to uh, consult with First Nations leaders. Uh, to uh, try and build a consensus across the parliament and, of course, a good education campaign within the community. Um, the commun- there is great, uh, great hunger for 
for this and I feel extremely encouraged. But like I said, not naive enough to think that there won't be detractors. I think out of all the ministers in, in the new government, um, uh, I would say that, um, that, that you, uh, Linda Burney, would probably be one of the greatest advocates of consensus. You're someone who's prepared to talk to anyone about any issue to get um, a favourable outcome for, for uh, your people. With that in mind, how confident are you that the opposition leader, Peter Dutton, will come in and support the, the idea of the voice and then support the referendum? Have you got any indication as to where he stands on this at the moment? Well, I am encouraged by two things. Uh, Peter Dutton has said he has an open mind uh, and I am very encouraged by the fact that he has appointed Julian Messer, who is a supporter of uh, the referendum, uh, as the Attorney General and the Minister, uh, Shadow Minister, sorry, Shadow Attorney General and Shadow Minister for Indigenous Australians. So I think there's um, a message in that. Uh, we are still to get a definitive answer from the opposition, and I think they'll be uh, there'll be some water to go under the bridge before that happens. But like you say, uh, Daniel, you know, I I believe in negotiation. I understand and have spent my entire life trying to build bridges and negotiate uh, things. And in any negotiation, there is give and take and uh, I say very sincerely to the opposition, uh, please be on the right side of history. Yeah, we're really um, at a crossroads when it comes to the way that we fit um, or place First Nations people at the centre of the, the Australian story. So um, the way that is played out within the coalition is going to be not only important but um, fascinating from a political perspective as well. Because... As, as we know from history, um, Linda, that with uh, referendums, it's almost impossible to get a referendum up if there isn't bipartisan support on the question and the issue. So it is absolutely crucial that we know where the, the opposition are going to go come down on this. Uh, it's very important. Um, there is a division, and I have to run. Um, <laughs> I heard the bells. So sorry. So <laughs> okay. I, I will say goodbye and happy to take this up again later. No worries. Thank you, Linda Burns, Minister for Indigenous Australians. Thank you for your time. The bells. The bells. So there you go. What do you reckon? I reckon we were, we were up for a good half an hour conversation then. Uh, I think... Um, I was about to go all Sarah Ferguson on the minister too, by the way, just so in case you thought I was going soft on her. It's not my style. Everyone knows I'm a hard-hitting information-probing journalist. It is um, 22 to 8. Uh, there's been a couple of more uh, texts come in. If you want to text in and share your thoughts and memories on Uncle Archie Roach or your thoughts on anything, really, that's related to this show, The Mission, hosted by me, Daniel through to 8 o'clock until when superfluity will be taking over. 
Um, this came in just before the interview. Uh, hey, mate, beautiful words. Coming from a proud white middle-aged Australian, all four grandparents born here. So we're amongst white fellow mates. So I was reminded then trying to imagine what it'll be like to be part of hundreds of generations. Remember seeing Uncle Archie and Auntie Ruby so often in my youth. I probably took it for granted, but looking back, I think part of the reason it always was low-key humble, like a family gathering around the kitchen table. It took me a while to realise how special that feeling he instilled was. That's from Jason. So thanks for uh, texting in, Jason, and sharing your, uh, your memories. This is a podcast from Triple R an independent media organisation in Melbourne, Australia. Triple R is listener-supported radio and receives no direct government funding. If you would like to financially support Triple R by donating or becoming a subscriber, hit up rrr.org.au to find out how. Let's continue on with the um, the Uncle Archie-thon. This song is called uh, Far Away From Home. Uncle Archie writes there with no more bleeding... And before that, we heard uh, Far Away From Home. Um, well, it's hopefully he's he's home now and he's where he wants to always have been. And that's with Sonny Ruby and with his mum and dad. And that's a long story and all of that. But um, he was gracious enough to share the most intimate details of his life. And I encourage you to go out and get his autobiography if you're interested in learning more about the trials and the tribulations and the successes and the adversities and the endurance that he displayed for all of us to follow, I guess. Show a, show us the way, no matter which way the world turns for us. This song made others realise they weren't alone, said some one on the text line, and they couldn't be truer to the fact uh, we had one other text line too. Says thanks, Daniel. Got the tears finally going. Well, it's an emotional time for a lot of people, and there's nothing wrong with uh, letting it out. Uh, Superfluity are up next. My close personal friends. So great to see two of them in the flesh. I'll let them introduce themselves. Uh, but this show has been dedicated to Uncle Archie Roach, and every show, every episode of the mission is dedicated to people like him. Um, now, I was fortunate enough to be in conversation with Uncle Archie um, on uh, a few occasions, and I know for a fact he liked this next guy. So what more fitting way to finish the program, as we always do, with Charlie. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Triple R's The Mission a weekly radio show exploring the issues that impact the lives of Aboriginal people and those at the wrong end of social justice in this country. The mission is broadcast live on Triple R every Tuesday evening. Hope you've enjoyed the podcast and feel free to get in touch via the Triple R website. <laughs>